Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, a weekly podcast about living the writing life. I'm your host, Sayward B. Eller, novelist, short story writer, and podcaster. I'm back! (laughs) Did you miss me? Just lie to me and tell me that you did. (laughs) As you know, I've been on hiatus since May trying to figure out what to do with this podcast. When I began in July of 2019, my intention wasn't very clear, even to me. Yes, this is a podcast about living the writing life, but there are only so many shows you're going to listen to where I talk about the riveting trip from my office in the back of the house to the kitchen at the front. So I did a lot of podcast soul searching and I am thrilled to have some really great topics lined up to talk about over the next few months. First things first though, about this writing thing turned one. I'm so excited and quite frankly disappointed that I didn't do a birthday post. (laughs) But I guess there's always year two for that. Thank you to everyone for your support over the past year. It really does mean the world to me. Just a few more things before we get started. Over the summer, I started a newsletter. It isn't specifically for about this writing thing yet, but I do keep my subscribers updated on what's happening here in ATWT land. If you'd like to stay in the know, just go to my website, saywordbeller.com, and subscribe. There is a pop-up, but there's also an embedded box there at the top of the screen. You get a free short story for signing up. Spoilers! a story from my upcoming release, The Other Side of Morning. Also, there will be no show notes for this episode. However, there is a blog post that accompanies it. I'll post that in the description of this episode. The link. I'll post the link. <laughs> now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. At this point, we all know Stephen King's golden rule. While to write adverbs is human, to write he said or she said is divine. But how many of us actually use it? Not even the king used it in his 1986 novel, It. The use of adverbs in the text was so overwhelming, I tapped out less than a quarter of the way through. However, I hold no grudges and shan't dare to point fingers. This is the writing process. We make mistakes, we grow in our craft, and then we tell others they shouldn't make the same mistakes we have in their work. Hence why I'm telling you today that sometimes a beat is better than a tag. There are so many different opinions on whether or not to use end tags. I mean, there's an entire school that says no to end tags. I think those are the same ones who go for the deep point of view. I can't really deal with them at the moment. (laughs) It's not that I don't appreciate what they do. It's not that I don't like them. It's not that I don't like their writing. It's just very stylized and niche. And I mean, I really, I love to be challenged by my fiction, but I don't like to be frustrated. And I often find myself frustrated when trying to read those highly stylized titles. Now, I should disclose that I don't like a lot of dialogue in my narratives. I'm very much an internal monologue kind of reader and writer, which is probably why I read more women's upmarket and literary fiction than anything else. I like a slow burn, a challenge, and something where the characters and writer aren't telling me everything I need to know. I don't want it to be a super challenge, but I don't want it to be like grabbing fish from a barrel. Although, I'm not so sure that would be easy at all. (laughs) Before I go any further with whether or not they should be used and which I prefer, Not that you probably haven't already guessed. (laughs) I think we should talk about what the two are. 
Dialogue tags come at the end of dialogue and are usually made up of he said or she said. Though we all know, especially with inexperienced writers, it isn't always so simple. A beat, also known as a story beat or action beat, is an action either before, between, or directly after dialogue that both identifies the speaker and shows the movement of the character. So here's a couple of pieces of dialogue. Are you crazy? I don't want to go in there, she said. That's with your standard dialogue tag. Or we can add some action beats in here. Her eyes rounded. Are you crazy? Backing away from the opening, she shook her head emphatically. No way I'm going in there. The character has said the same thing in each of the pieces of dialogue, but now we see how she's feeling. Her eyes are rounded, likely because she was scared or shocked by something. She takes a step back from the opening and shakes her head, like, no. We know she's scared, and we know she doesn't intend to put one foot through that opening. You'll notice the action happened before and between the dialogue in that second example. This is the very important thing I like to remind writers when talking about beat versus dialogue tags. Using a story beat instead of a dialogue tag affords you the opportunity to open things up a bit. It's through these moments that you can add depth to your character or your characters or the scene that you're writing. Yes, writing he said or she said may be divine, but adding words and depth is glorious. In recent months, I've worked with writers who either don't get what I'm saying, don't trust what I'm saying, or they're just resistant to do things other than the way they think they should be done. Because after all, they've been reading all of these best-selling novelists who do all of these things, who use adverbs like crazy in their, with their end tags. And you know, once you have your name, we all discuss this. All of us writers discuss this, right? Once you've made it, and once you've made a name for yourself, you can get away with a whole lot that somebody who hasn't debuted yet and hasn't made that name for themselves yet cannot get away with. So these writers, maybe they think that I'm not experienced enough and that I don't know what the world I'm talking about because what is she published? Some self-published titles? Okay, whatever. So they ignore me. <laughs> and they ignore other writers like me who are saying the same things. I have to say, if that's it, if they're trusting the best-selling novels that they're reading, the mainstream commercial fiction that they're reading, and they're not listening and growing, and by by this, by saying if they're listening to these best-selling novels that they're reading, I mean, you know, from a decade ago or from two decades ago, because we all know there are trends in writing and those trends change over time. We see beats in books from the early 20th century and the mid 20th century, but we also see a whole lot of adverbs and a whole lot of frilly language and a whole lot of things that we don't see in today's writing. So, I think with inexperienced writers, they don't quite know yet to pay attention to the trends in their genres. I write women's fiction, upmarket fiction, so I pay very specific attention to the trends that are going on in my genre, and that's very important. You have to grow in your craft, but you also have to grow in your genre, and you have to pay attention to what's going on in your genre. So getting back to those writers who are resistant to doing things other than the way that they think they should be done, I have to say, those writers aren't going to improve their craft very much. You just can't go into this writing thing thinking you know all there is to know just because you can string words together to make a sentence that may result in a story. You have to know that you will never, ever know everything there is to know. 
about writing. I wasn't aware of what a beat was until 2014. A critique partner handed me her notes on my submission and there in the margin was two words beat here. Instinctively, I think I understood what she meant, but that didn't stop me from asking questions, reading articles, and looking for it in the books I was reading. Turns out I knew what a beat was, but I'd never given it much thought and certainly had never really implemented them into my writing. This, for me, was a game changer. Spoilers! I love story beats. I still use end tags in my writing because sometimes all you need is an end tag, especially if your scene is already heavy with beats. I equate it with that scene from Writers of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones is standing there watching this guy swing his sword because he's going to really whoop up on Indy, right? After a moment, Indiana Jones takes out his gun and shoots the man. Sometimes a story beat is the guy with the sword. To show you what I mean about growth and the benefits of a story beat versus a dialogue tag, I'm going to pull out an old story of mine from the first short story collection I published. Now, I published the very first version of this in 2009, and I was working on um, a second edition to release in 2014, but I haven't released it yet because um, see episode 25 next week. <laughs> so to show you what I mean about growth, I want to bring out this old story. It's from a story called One for the Road. And here we go. I just can't believe it, Annalise said after a few silent moments. She sat up, wiping her puffy cheeks. I chose this time of year because he hates it right now. He hates heat. Why is he here? I don't know, Suze said. Maybe he's on business, I offered. Not horrible, but it could use some tweaking. I'm going to try to eliminate the end tags. After a few moments of silence, Annalise sat up, using her hands to swipe at her damp, puffy cheeks. I just can't believe it. She stands, stomping to the mirror in her sky-high heels. I chose this time of year because he hates it right now. She glares at our reflections. He hates heat! Why is he here? In a flash, both Suze and I are standing by her side. Suze shrugs, averting her eyes from the anger and hurt of our friend's reflection. I'm not smart enough for that, though. Maybe he's on business. Their gazes turn on me in unison. Oh, shit. Still not perfect, but you catch my drift, right? Through the story beats, we're able to see more of the scene before us. They're in a room with a large mirror, likely a bathroom. Spoilers, it is. And Annalise is extremely upset, while the other two women feel helpless beside her. We know Suze is being extra cautious. She's unwilling to upset her friend even more. But the narrator of the piece tempts fate and instantly regrets it. An example of beats done well <laughs> can be found in Mary Ellen Taylor's Winter Cottage. He lowered his head and cleared his throat. I went to sea right away. I've not been back much since. We needed you. He shoved his hands in his pockets. You were best to live somewhere else. There was no life for you here without your mother. I wasn't enough. You were. In this scene, there are no end tags. Well, in this little micro scene, there are no end tags. We know everything about the tension of this little scene from the way that he is shifting and moving with those story beats. And even though his daughter doesn't have an end tag, and if we were just plucking this out of the book like I just did, we wouldn't even know the context of their relationship, but just his actions 
and her short sentences, her short impactful sentences, statements, they're pleading, they're, they're filled with hurt. So we know that this is a relationship that is strained and has likely been estranged for a very long time. That, my friends, is a story beat or story beat usage that is very well done. If they're well done, the story beat will add depth to your scene and will give you those coveted extra words in your work. For me, that's the coolest thing about a story beat. As stated before, the beat shouldn't be overused. Sometimes it really is best to simply say he said or she said, but as Allison Amend warns, you don't want to stray too far from that paradigm. If your characters are scoffing and uttering and declaring throughout your narrative, they'll seem high strung and always out of sorts kind of like the exclamation point. It's recommended that you use them sparingly, and I agree. <laughs> Too many, and it seems like your characters are in a perpetual state of excitement or befuddlement. Remember, when it comes to highly dramatic instances in your narrative, less is more. If there's a tragedy or fight in every scene, your readers may become overwhelmed and too exhausted to keep reading. In addition to that, too many highly dramatic outbursts by your main characters may signal that they're underdeveloped and need to be fleshed out a bit more. And as the queen of shallow, one-dimensional characters, you should trust me on this. <laughs> Thank goodness for multiple drafts. If story beats aren't your thing, there's no need to despair. No one says you have to use them. I mean, it would be beneficial, but using end tags won't kill your narrative. Just like the occasional tale won't kill your narrative. The thing to remember is that these elements should be used with a delicate balance. Too many instances of he said, she said in your narrative will become just as distracting as too many unnecessary adverbs. Find your balance, writers, and you'll find your readers. At least I hope so, for my own sake, if nothing else. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for welcoming me back. You guys have been really great on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be talking about procrastination next week, episode 25. How long do you think I'll procrastinate before I actually record the episode? Place your bets, everyone. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please give me a like or subscribe, and please tell your writing friends about me. The more the merrier in this writing life is what I say. <laughs> If you don't follow me on social media, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at SayBeller is my personal accounts. You can also find this podcast on Instagram about this writing thing and Twitter at WritingThingPod. You can also check out my website, SayWordBeller.com. Again, thank you for joining me. Until next time, take care and keep writing. Bye! <laughs>